Today, I promised that I will start teaching on marriage. We'll start talking about marriage. You know, marriage talks is usually, you know, something everybody wants to listen to, enjoy, get excited about. I want to ask you, how many marriage seminars have you ever attended? How many marriage books? How many romantic books have you ever read? We have, a lot of people have these things, you know, in our libraries, in our phones and on. But many times we actually discover that the more we amass this knowledge or this knowledge, it's as though marriages are no more working. Yeah, we were told that communication is what builds uh, relationships. But you see, we have communication gadgets everywhere. But yet, it's as though marriages are increasingly breaking. So, what is the problem? Is it that communication is no more the life of every relationship or that knowledge is no more needed for marriage? Now, we, we, may, we may actually say that in as much as knowledge is on the increase, we can actually assert that maybe actually the right knowledge is not actually in circulation. And you know something about the right knowledge. When you seek for it like silver and gold, that is only when you are going to find it. And you know what Epsi gives you right here is what we call authentic. In, in my secondary school, we say authentic. So what we call authentic, and I, um, I promise it's going to be a long series because I'm going to be teaching you a lot of things. What will you learn? What are the things you should expect at the end of this uh, series? First of all, you're going to see the definition of marriage. Somebody will ask, I know what marriage is, but you're going to see what definition of marriage is. Then the second thing you're going to learn in the series is what marriage is and what it is not. So that you'll even be sure that you are married. <laughs> there are a lot of people that are into something they think is marriage, but is not marriage. And that is why it's not actually working out. Because when something cannot be defined, you'll never maximize that thing. So we're going to see what marriage is and what marriage is not. Then the third point is, why do people still marry? Especially when a lot of marriages are becoming more and more chaotic. When juggler veins are being slit almost every day, shovels are being used on the head every day and on, and then people are still getting into marriage. This tells me that humans are actually designed to take risks. So I'm going to share with you why people still marry, because marriage is a very beautiful thing. I don't know how much, uh, I don't know the kind of marriage you've been exposed to, or maybe if you're married, the kind of marriage you have, but after the series, I promise you that you are going to have a different mindset about marriage, and if your marriage is sick, definitely, you're going to get healed for your marriage. Then the fourth thing you're going to learn in the series is how to choose the right partner, the right person to marry. And you know where it starts? By you being the right person. Because once you become the right person, then it will be easier for you to choose who will match that right person and that is you. So you're going to see and learn how to choose the right person for marriage. I know you really want this one. You want to get that Prince Charming. You want to get that Princess Diana, you know, that will, you know, make your life, butter your life well. You're going to learn all those. 
Then, we're also going to learn what makes marriage work. The reason I'm saying this is to whet your appetite so that you don't miss any day and not just you not missing it. You're also going to invite someone to listen, to tune in every Thursday 4 p.m. to listen to Epsi as she inspires you. So we're going to look at what makes marriage work. And then we're also going to look at what makes marriage break or go sour. Have you ever wondered how to love birds? I mean, listen, when I was single, the thing really, really got me thinking. I mean, I really thought deeply. I said, is this how it works? Two people that cannot actually stay a day, a moment without talking about each other, you know, seeing each other every time. There's, they, they are ready to die for each other. And then suddenly, they're now going to marriage. And then that same love goes sour. We're going to see what makes beautiful marriages to go sour, what makes love to go sour. Maybe you might need to get a deep freezer for your uh, marriage so that you can preserve it. So you're going to learn that too. And then the seventh point now is you're going to learn the rules of marriage. Everything has rules. Everything has rules. Even your life, have you have rules for your own life. Even even the most disorganized person has rules for his life. And Amraba has rule for her, his life. Everybody has rule, rules for his or her life. And marriage also has rules. Do you know that? A lot of people don't even know that marriage has rules. You know, anytime we talk about marriage, the only thing people think about is the love, the doviness, the, you know, the, that's, that's butterfly and on, my friend. It's more than that, oh, marriage is flesh and bone okay then the next thing you're going to learn the eighth point is how to avoid divorce in marriage let me tell you divorce is not something you want to be proud of it's not something you want to go through no divorce keeps you the same even when you see people i've seen people celebrating they chew a party you know crazy things happen in our world they threw a party post divorce party she's now free and she's happy but listen to me no divorce leaves you the same. From the definition of marriage you know see that because when when there is divorce there is actually a part of you and a very important part of you that leaves you. So we're going to be looking at how to avoid divorce uh, before marriage. So you have to immune. I'm, I'm going to give you immunization. You have to immune your marriage even before you start. And then the last one is you're going to learn how to be happily married forever you like it right yes from dimples to wrinkles you want to live with that young man you you know you met as a girl and you want to live with that woman you met as um, as a boy you want to still hold hands with him, hold hands with her, and then count the stars, gaze at the sun, at the setting of the sun, and then gaze into the moon. You want to do all this thing until the grave comes calling. Do you know you can have that kind of love? And that is why Epsi is here. In this, um, right here, uh, to teach you, and uh, like I said, every Thursday, 4 p.m., 94.1 FM, Unisec. Okay. So the first thing we're going to talk about today, I believe we're going to have time to do that, is we're going to define marriage. In your opinion, what is marriage? But the EPSI is going to show you what marriage is, and it's a wholesome definition. So what is marriage? So marriage is a covenant union of two adults, a mature male 
and a mature female who are in consent for the purpose of purpose fulfillment, sexual gratification, and reproduction. That sounds like, you know, when a medical student wants to tell you what malaria is and when a layman wants to tell you what malaria is, right? So I'm talking now like someone that really, really understands what marriage is. I'm going to take it again because that is actually what it is. So I say that marriage is a covenant union between two mature adults, a mature male and a mature female, who are in consent and it is for the purpose of purpose fulfillment sexual gratification and reproduction now if I, if i stop here right now i have finished teaching you everything you need to know about marriage who to choose how to make your marriage how to immune your marriage how to live happily ever after if this definition is the only thing i'm going to do throughout this episode i tell you you have learned all you need if you understand this definition you have learned all you need to have a better marriage so let's take this definition let's dissect it let's get into the theater and dissect this definition so we say that it's is a covenant union so which means that marriage is more than signing a memorandum of understanding it is more than a contract it's a covenant covenant is something that is deep now in this part of the world in Africa we actually understand what covenant is now it, when we say covenant let, let me just use Igbo a little for those of you that understand Igbo but you know it's like Ibando you know going into covenant with someone Ibando that's exactly how it is it's as plain as it is covenant it's a covenant union Okay, now when we say that something is covenant, it means that both of you have agreed. Nobody is forced into covenant. Now, do you see why we cannot call child marriage marriage? Do you see it now? Do you see why every sane person should be against child marriage? Do you see why every sane person should be against marriages that are arranged against the consent of the people involved? Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, you, you, you know I said I'm going to t show you what marriage is and what marriage is not. Now, from this definition, you can see clearly that marriage, when you talk about marriage, it has to happen between two people that have decided to live together forever so when we say that it is a union we are talking about uniting something and when you talk when you say that something is united it's when you look at the definition of you of unity it means putting together separate parts into one putting together separate parts into one what does that tell you when these two people a mature male and a mature female gets married both of them become one. Oh, a lot of people don't want to accept this one but like i said if i'm if you're going to follow me you're going to see what marriage is not and what marriage is in marriage once two people get married we can see only one person we're not seeing the man we're not seeing the woman we are seeing both of them as an entity both of them have become an entity and once in mar once you get into marriage we swallows uh, me ours swallows mine 
Do you, do you see it? Now, me is not lost, but it's swallowed. Because you don't lose your identity in marriage. But then, in, in, in marriage now, you don't just do anything you want. Because now, you are in union with someone else. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, when these two people come together, we now have a wholesome human because you know that when we talk about human beings, it's not just the male folks or the female folks. When we say human beings, the male folks and female folks coming together make human beings. And that is why the males are different from the females. Females are different. They have their thinking pattern. Men have their thinking pattern. Women have a way they react to things. Men have a way they react to things. Different hormone Hormonal makeups and on. I mean, the way God designed humans, it's so beautiful. And that beauty can only be seen when these two people come together to now become one before they were separated into two different entities. And from this point, do you see why and how two, two same sex coming together cannot be called marriage? Do you understand what I'm saying now? Now, they can, be, they, can, they can be doing any other thing, but it cannot be called marriage. Because a man, and a, woman, a man and a man coming together cannot make a wholesome human. They can't form a union. They can't form a, a unity to become a wholesome union. Hey, come on, are you following me? I know you were right. Okay, so union, there's, there's agreement, there's conjunction, there is coming together of the mind, coming together of the spirit, coming together of the will, affections, harmony. These things are strong. Do you see that divorce, when, when marriage was being designed, divorce was not part of it. Because when, when I am pulled from my husband, my will is being pulled, affection, my love, everything about me, I can't be the same. I don't know what you're passing through in your marriage. I don't know what you're feeling. I don't know what is happening in your marriage. Well, listen to me. No matter how far or how bad that marriage has gone, whatever it is, whatever attraction that brought both of you together can be made alive again. Do you understand what I'm saying? It can be watered. You know, just, just like the scripture tells us that there is hope for a tree. When it is cut down, when it is cut down at the scent of water, I just pray you allow these things I'm teaching right now to be a scent of water for your marriage. And you're going to come back bubbling again. So we say that it's a union between two mature people. So which means in marriage, maturity is also a, a very important component. So when we say maturity, what is your definition about uh, uh, definition of maturity? One of these days, we're going to open up uh, the, the floor and then we'll talk. What, what do you call maturity? I've, I've seen a lot of ladies that say, I am right for marriage. Do you know how old I am? I'm 22, I'm 25. Hey, I'm even passing the age of marriage. I'm over mature. You see some men that say, ah, because he has birds now and he say I'm mature. Is that what makes you mature? Is that when we talk about maturity, we're talking about full development, we're talking about completion, we're talking about ripening, we're talking about perfection. That's what that's what maturity is all about. When we say that two people are mature, now I know that anytime we say we talk about maturity, you know, some people just look at physical development. 
there's the you know the everything just look at the woman she's now curvy she's beautiful Woo! all you think about is a wife and then maybe you now go a little further does she know how to cook <laughs> does she know how to keep the house that's all we think about but it's 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 more than that see marriage is a mystery yes but it's not mysterious it's not something that cannot be known Marriage can actually be known only by the people that are inside it. That is why the best person to teach you about marriage is the person who is already married. Don't go get and start getting marriage counseling from a single person. You know, single people can teach on marriage very well. It used to be very sweet until they enter it. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying now? So still talking about maturity, but you know, when you get a human being, you now... You look at yourself. There's a physical, there's a physical you. But you know that there's more than the physical you. Think about it, right? Like your emotion, for example. Do you know that you might be passing, uh, passing through a heartbreak and nobody knows? You can still get up, enter the bus, go to buy a car and on. Nobody knows you're passing through a heartbreak. It's happening inside you. Two people can be seated down, seated somewhere, and one is living in another world, another is living in another world. So, which means that you are more than your physique. Good. So, there is the physical you which can be seen. And then there's the spiritual you which cannot be seen. And then this spiritual you. Now, when I say spiritual, I'm just talking, just, I just categorize it as the unseen you. Now, there's the unseen you which we can now categorize as the soul and the spirit. Now, in this part of the world also, we actually know about the spirit. Hey, the spiritual. We know that part. Though we've not really known it very well, but we know that part. But there is a part that we've not really, really explored so much. And that is the soul you. That part of you that houses your emotion, that houses your will, that houses your intellect, that houses your mind. And even in the soul, many times what we do and what we glorify more is just to pick that intellectual aspect and then train it. And then when somebody now says he's mature, you see someone that has just graduated from school, the person claims to be mature, but then the person is insolent, the person lacks self-confidence, the person lacks courage, and on. No, the person is not fully developed. Because if a formal education, if formal education is all you need to become mature and to become developed, now it tells me that everyone who is a graduate should have a perfect marriage. But you and I know that there are professors whose marriage are in shambles. There are lecturers, there are teachers, there are people who are doing well in the academic world, but then their, their marriages are in shambles. Just follow Epsi, and you're going to see the reason why this is and what you should do. So we're talking about that aspect of the soul. Have you ever heard about emotional intelligence? Have you ever heard about spiritual intelligence? Have you ever heard about mental intelligence? Now, if you are not mature in this aspect, you're going to find it very, very difficult to enjoy marriage because marriage has to happen between two people who are mature. So much already under this few minutes. I just want us to cool down a little with this beautiful music from Sissy Winers. John, don't go away. You're listening to 
I just gave you um, one of my favorite songs, and that's Sissy Winans, I Will Love You Faithfully. That's actually what the promise of marriage is all about. This is Abella Sissy Equagana on Lady Circle, and you're tuned into Unisec 94.1 FM. And I'm really glad you're still tuned in. We're talking about marriage. And before we left off, we actually started talking about the maturity part in marriage. And before we call it a wrap for today, I was showing you about emotional intelligence. A lot of people have not heard about it. Actually, we should actually have a school where people are trained emotionally. People are consciously trained mentally. Actually, I think that is actually where the, the skill acquisition thing comes in. But it's actually a part of it, part of mental development. It's more than that. The reason you need to consciously develop every other aspect of you is because the more you develop, the more you attract your kind. Friends, do you get that? The more you develop, the more you attract your kind. Okay, so the question I want to ask you now is, are you mature? Are you complete? How do you get mature emotionally? How do you get mature, uh, you know, mentally? How do you get mature spiritually? First of all, you have to just get connected first to the one that made you. <laughs> you if you don't get connected to him, there is there's no how you can. It's not just possible because it's not something you do by yourself. It is a life he gives you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you have to consciously get connected to him. And maybe you might be wondering how you get connected to him. You've heard you have a lot of people talk about getting connected to Christ Jesus and on. That's exactly what it is. And before I call it a day, I want to give you two assignments. Will you do it? Okay, because I'm going to help you. I want it to be a practical class. First of all, before now, what is your definition of marriage? What is your idea of marriage? Write it down and then compare it with what Epsi said. Just before now, don't peep into my definition. So before now, what is your definition of marriage then secondly on a scale of one to ten can you say you are mature 
Just be true to yourself. I know you want to, but just say, hey, I'm mature. In fact, I want to marry. Relax. Can you say you're mature on the scale of 1 to 10? Can you say you're mature and that you're ready for marriage? So next week, we are going to continue. And what, do you, what are you going to expect uh, next week? We're still going to continue with the definition about definition of marriage so that we will actually see why certain things, why a lot of people are missing out in the things they're not supposed to miss out in and then what they are supposed to do so that they will start enjoying your their marriage because marriage is actually meant to be enjoyed and not to be endured designed for all ladies and the men in their lives and today we are continuing on a very important and special and interesting topic we started last week and that is all you need to know about marriage and this is the second edition and I welcome you okay I showed you last week some of the things we will be learning throughout this period of time and last week we took our time to look at the definition of marriage and I really really gave you a wholesome definition of marriage but while I was thinking about that last week I discovered that there was something I omitted but very very important thing I omitted you know I told us that marriage is a covenant between two mature male and female uh, for the purpose of purpose fulfillment, sexual gratification, and for uh, reproduction, giving birth. But there's also something that I missed. You know, when two people are coming together in a covenant relationship, they don't just they don't just do it. Someone else binds them. So it has to happen before witnesses. It has to happen before a divine represent representative. Do you understand that it has to happen before a divine representative and then witnesses so that is very very important because it's going to help me to show you some of the things that you need to know today by the time I'm done talking about the definition of marriage you're going to see that there are certain things people are doing and they call it marriage that is not marriage reason because this particular factor I just mentioned now is lacking in that thing they are calling a union so last week we started defining what marriage is and we saw that it's a union which means that everyone is now one the man and the woman they are now one there is no me there is no you there is now we and there is now us and then we also saw that marriage is between two mature people it's not between a boy and a girl an overgrown boy and overgrown girl you know something about physical maturity it is something that is just constant you just have to grow even when a child that is malnourished a child that is that is that has retarded growth is brought to the hospital one question that will be asked is how old is this child and the, the child will be treated or handled based on how old the child is but for unseen maturity unseen aspect of us I showed us that, that there's the physical aspect which many times we give attention to so anytime we say maturity for marriage we all look at that beautiful girl shapely and then we all look at that man with birds and on but it's beyond that we saw that there is intellectual maturity now intellectual maturity does not necessarily mean that you will have 
a formal education. There are people that don't have that opportunity to have formal education. I mean, going to university and on. But there are other trainings that one can have. Because anytime we talk about intellectual um, maturity, it's actually talking about training the intellect. I've seen a lot of people who were not opportuned to go to the university doing well in their marriage when you talk with them not just in their marriage doing well in their life when you talk with them they, they, they talk reasonably they, now they may not have all the information of industrial chemistry all the information of medicine all the information but they are reasonable you can interact with them and anybody that is, is intellectually mature is someone who is always seeking for knowledge the person is malleable the person wants to learn something new do you see what we call intellectual maturity and this tells me that there are people who have passed through the university that are not even intellectually mature that you have a, a certificate in your hand does not mean that you're intellectually mature do you understand that okay so there's the intellectual maturity and then we also saw that there is emotional maturity many times we don't give attention to this aspect of us reason because we many times we allow our emotions to just flow without control and that is why you see a lot of people getting into a lot of mess every single day and that is why you also see people not being able to manage their social relationships because that's another aspect of maturity you need to give attention to your social relationship social maturity there are people who are not mature socially and the many times most of the times these people are the ones that went to school you know in quotes they passed through the university but they they don't consider other people they just they're just selfish everything is about them have you seen people that drink water and then drop the can on the floor Sometimes there might even be a dustbin, a waste bin just close by. You are not socially mature. Do you see that? So social maturity, you're considering other people. What are the things that affect your society? What are the things that affect your, uh, uh, the area you live in? Do you, do you bring, a, are you a nuisance? Do you cause you know, noise pollution where you live? These are the things you need to learn. Social, giving other people, giving people around you space to also grow. When you're socially mature, when we have a lot of people who are socially mature, you'll discover that this issue of in-law in law wars, in-law fights will hardly come up. But because I'm not socially mature, I want my own, my in-law wants her own or his own, and then there's fight everywhere. So there's that emotional maturity. And look at something about life. Every single day, life gives us opportunities to grow. You know, someone will ask, how do I become mature? How? Like I said last week, there's knowledge everywhere. But I'm going to bring it because you're listening to me. I'm going to show you what, what to do. But it's not enough to know those things. We learn. We keep learning. But what you have to do is, when you get this knowledge, put it into practice. You have to learn and do. You're, you mature as you do. And the thing is, like I said, life gives you so much to practice on every single day. When you wake up in the morning, before you go back to sleep, there's just so much. Life will give you so much to practice on. It will give you so much to emotional uh, practice, intellectual practice, social practice, spiritual practice, and on. 
if you're living in this part of the world, in fact, everywhere in the world you don't believe in the spiritual, you are so disadvantaged. It's, it's becoming very, very clear that the spiritual, that dimension is, even those that don't believe it initially, it's becoming very clear that there is something bigger than what we are seeing. There is something bigger than where we are living. And that's a spiritual dimension. Where we are living now is actually the world of effect. There is a world called the world of cause that makes everything here to happen. And until you begin to appreciate it, and then you begin to ask certain questions, and then you begin to grab the right uh, uh, spiritual positives, the right spiritual dimensions, you're going, you, you keep on missing because you need it in your marriage. And you, you actually need it when you are about to choose who to marry. Because these are aspects of you. You cannot run away from them. You cannot deny them. You cannot say they don't exist. No matter how much we try to turn our eyes away from these things, they will keep raising their Raising their ugly heads because we did not give them attention when we are supposed to give them attention. Now, still talking about maturity. Remember, we said that marriage is between two mature people. Now, talking about maturity. Someone, somebody might say, um, but you, you can nobody ever gets mature. We are, we keep maturing, and that is why life designed you as a single person before marriage. You know, life would have designed it in such a way that everybody is born with his or her spouse. Chita would have been so perfect. As, as you're being molded in your mother's womb, as you're coming out, all of you, you know, under the same um, uh, environment, under the same training, the same parental care, exposed to the same thing, and then you now marry. Say, it's going to be perfect, right? But that is not how life designed it. Life designed that you are born as a single wholesome entity. And that is the, one of the greatest gifts life has given to you. But the question is, number one, do you even know that your singlehood is a gift? Secondly, do you even know that your singlehood is your greatest capital? Let me ask you this one. Do you know that your singlehood can be spent and can be wasted then can be invested what are you doing with your own are you wasting it you're just waiting for time to come then you marry are you spending it i mean you just have to enjoy life because once you marry now you're now locked up with one man or locked up with one girl so you just have to gyrate you just have to i mean you have to you have to spend you know just spend it are you investing it when you are investing your uh, single single life, it simply means that you are exploring, you're just exploring every aspect of life while keeping your soul intact. I've seen a lot of people whose hearts and whose souls have been ripped into pieces and they are not able, they, they can't define who they are, they don't have an identity. When you ask them, who are you, they don't just know. Some define themselves based on their, on their sexual identity. Some define themselves based on the, the, the hearts they've passed through. Some define themselves based on the things that has happened to them and on. But do you know that you can build a wholesome, a wholesome, a wholesome life? Some time ago, for 
about a month, I took time to show us on how to maximize singlehood. Your singlehood is a time you will never have again when you get married. And you, you being mature, your complete maturity is the greatest gift you can give to your spouse. Your intellectual maturity, spiritual maturity, and all those. Emotional maturity. Learning how to handle quarrels. Learning how to handle disputes. Learning how to allowing people be themselves while still standing on the boundaries of truth. is one of the greatest things you can ever do for yourself and for your spouse. So now that you are single, this is not a time to start experimenting on the how you get pleasured, how you get sexual pleasure, and then you know jumping from one person to another and on trying to learn how to you know just experimenting with yourself. No, this is not the time. There's just so much talent to to work on, skills to work on, purpose to discover, developing relationship with your maker because that's 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 actually the 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 beginning of the entire thing so that's exactly what you have to do with your singlehood singlehood is not a time of experimenting with this body no you don't have to do that don't walk into marriage a broken person don't walk into marriage ripped shattered person no don't walk into marriage without having identity when you get in there that same man or that same woman you think is going to fulfill your life by the time that that person walks into your life you overlabor that person and that is in the future you're going to see why beautiful marriages go wrong if you're a single person this is the in fact this is the best thing that can ever happen to you go ahead learn how learn how to control your emotions learn how to have sexual gratification Learn how to put that sexual energy to work. Learn how to sit down and think and invent things. Things that will help the society. Someone said that the energy that is needed to reach orgasm can be used to generate a lot of ideas. I want you to think about it. Little wonder many times when the youths are to be distracted, the major thing that, that is used to distract them is that's sexual programs sexual reality shows and on and then we get excited by the time we turn our back uh, uh, turn ourselves out of the television we just discover that something precious has been taken away from us and let me even say this here if we're going to make this nation better if you're going to make your life better if you're going to make your society better if you're going to make that that place that group you're leading better you must learn how to put a knife on the throat of your sexual or sexual power, your, your sexual life. You must learn it. It may be difficult, but it's not impossible. And you will be happy doing this. So still talking about maturity. So you have to be ma financially mature too. Ladies, yeah, you have to be. Many times, a lot of us, we are jumping into marriage because we just want to be taken care of we just want we want a man that will carry our load carry our problem carry all the problems of our problems our family our community problems do you know that you can be financially stable and let me even say this you know i've actually discovered that a lot of people a lot of women find it difficult to finally bring in everything they have into marriage when they finally get married 
You're still going to talk about that. Because if you want that man to bring everything he has, you should also bring everything you have. If marriage is a union, do you see once we start missing, missing it in any aspect of this definition, then you are pushing your marriage down the heels. But I don't think that is what you want. You want a beautiful marriage, right? You want a sweet, sweet marriage. Okay, so that, that's that about maturity. Then the next one, we say that it's for purpose fulfillment, right? Something we should know is that in marriage, you're bringing, marriage is contribution between the two persons. I am bringing my own, my husband is bringing his own. So if I have not discovered why I am created, it's actually part of maturity anyway. If I've not discovered why I am created, I get into that marriage looking for the man, waiting for the man to fulfill me, waiting for the woman to fulfill me. And listen to me, there are things no, any human cannot do for you. There are things, it, no matter how much they love you, there's a part of you they cannot touch. That is how your maker designed you. He's the only one that can fill that place. And it is that thing he has created you to do, that particular thing that fulfills you. No matter how, the best thing your spouse can help you with is to help you discover the reason why you are born. And let me tell you, even when you're not making all the money, there is something about you. I know that this is why I am here on earth. And then you're doing it. It's called fulfillment. Have you ever wondered why some teachers are happy teaching nursery school students? I mean, they're just so excited. And when you see them teach, they, 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 have, they have a way of, you know, with glamour, with, with such excitement, with such... Bringing up heavy, heavy ideas, nursery school. You tell them to move to secondary, no. Because that is where they find fulfillment. There are other persons, they, they just love it. They just love adopting, adopting children from the roadside and giving them better life. This, this is what we call fulfillment. When, when you find that thing that fulfills you, come on, when you get into marriage, even if you're not giving enough money, I'm not saying you should not give your spouse enough money. Even when you don't have enough money in your pocket, there's just this joy. That fills your heart because you know you you are doing what you're supposed to do. And why is purpose fulfillment very important in marriage? When you discover purpose, you won't compare yourself with your spouse. You will not. You in fact you will even compliment your spouse. And purpose fulfillment, but discovering purpose will even help you to know the kind of man to marry or the kind of woman to propose to. Because you cannot just marry anybody because she because of her smiles. You like her set of teeth. Marriage is hard work. Marriage is a doing word. It's not just it's not just a name. It's something you do. It's a verb. Call it a verb. It's a doing word. So all you want is you wake up every morning. So once she smiles, you're okay. Hmm. Okay, we're still talking. We're still going to talk about the things you have to look out for before you choose a marriage partner. And then we said it's for sexual gratification. In marriage, you don't deny yourself. I've heard a lot of women who brag about how they, you know, every night I wear tight. If you will not give me this money, nothing for him. I won't open my Jerusalem gate. Listen, friends, it's once you get into marriage, marriage is not dictatorship. You're going to look at that in a few minutes. Marriage is, you will not always have your way. Now, I'm not saying you should not give your spouse money. I'm not also saying because you're not giving money, you now lock up the 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 everything no that's not what i'm saying but you should understand that marriage is for sexual gratification 
you don't have your body anymore your spouse has your body and you have the body of your spouse that is why a man that beats his wife or a woman that beats her husband i know you, i i hope you know there's there are cases like that it's it's madness because it's as though you're beating yourself i just want you to imagine somebody waking up in the morning you see a man on the street beating himself up you know the man is 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 mad that's that's the only way you can explain it that this man is mad you just you just see him he's beating his head beating his body and then slapping himself biting his hand you say ah, this man is mad that's exactly what happens when you raise your hand to beat your spouse when you insult your spouse you are actually insulting yourself that is why the extent to which you place value on your spouse is the extent to which you will get the same value to yourself the extent to which you make your spouse happy is the extent you will become happy whatever you deposit in your spouse guess who who will repeat guess who will harvest it it's just you no other person do you understand that okay so marriage is simply the way you love your spouse every single day so marriage is not just uh, like i said it's not just a noun it's a word it's a it's a doing word it's the way you love your spouse every day marriage is not just something you have done you said i am married you know there are people that just see it as a project now i am married let me face something else once you are married you have entered into a lifetime contract no going back no 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 going back and you have to make you have to determine in your heart that this marriage will work and how do you do it you know it's both of you i may decide that this marriage will work but then the person i am married to may not have that firm decision and these are the things that happen during courtship if you are married do you know that you can start afresh you can wake up one morning and say okay can we sit down across the table and talk this out you decide this has happened this has happened this has happened we're going to bury a grave right here and put all this mess inside there right inside there and i'm going to start marrying you as i'd wanted from today onwards i'm going to start loving you as i as i'd ever wanted from today onwards and you're going to build that memorial say this is a place where we buried all our differences where we buried all our hearts because i have chosen to love you forever and it's something you have to do let me say this if you're not ready for hard work especially the hard work that happens on the self please don't think about marriage if you are someone who always thinks about himself always thinks about herself you are selfish and you don't want to change it please don't marry reason let me show you a few things marriage is not marriage is not dictatorship in marriage you will not always have your way you're you're you're, you're married to a human being you're married to someone that has emotion someone that has reasoning so marriage is not you having your way all the time marriage is not you you know it's not dictatorship do you understand what I'm saying? And then one of the things you should know is that marriage is not rocket science. This is where I'm, I'm going to stop. Marriage is not mysterious. You know, some people think that marriage is something ah, that once people get married, they will suffer, they will fight, they will war. I've heard people that said, ah, there's no perfect marriage. I don't know what you call perfect. But if, if me being happy in my marriage is what I call perfect, then my marriage is perfect 
Do you understand that? Marriage is something you work out every day. Something you have to put to work every day. If you are working in a place where productions are made, you will know that every single day that those things are I mean, the, the, the production line comes up every single day. Pro you won't say, ah, because we produced yesterday, we're not going to produce today. No, it's production, production line runs every day. I want you to think, use that kind of mindset and think about your marriage. Marriage is not mysterious. It follows the simple principles of life. The principle, principles of kindness, principles of loyalty, principles of respect, principles of love, principle of whatever it is i want to receive i want to receive that is what i'm going to give however i want to be treated that is how i am going to treat my spouse i want to think about it and if you are single marriage is not courtship and this is where we're going to continue next week marriage is not courtship Next week, I'm going to finish telling you what marriage is not and what marriage is. And then we touch a little. We touch courtship a little. Because courtship is another gift that will help you maximize your marriage. There are certain things you're doing now and then you think you're still cutting. You have quit cutting long ago thinking you're still cutting. Because in courtship, courtship prepares you firmly for marriage. And like I said, if you are already married and then your marriage has gone sour, you can still sprinkle some sugar, still pour some honey in that marriage. You don't have to wake up every morning wishing that your spouse is dead. And this is Epsi right here speaking to you and speaking into your marriage. You don't have to cry anymore. You don't have to shed those tears anymore. You don't have to find fulfillment in your kids anymore. You have to rise up, dust your skirts, and decide to make your marriage work. And until next week, it's still me, Epsi, inspiring you. Don't forget.